You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. And this episode, we have Emily Samoski who's uh, an artist originally from Ohio, and she's uh, teaching and doing art in Washington State. And I'm very happy to welcome you, uh, Emily, to the show. Welcome to Something Rather Than Nothing. Thanks, Ken. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and um, uh, your art uh, caught my eye, and I know... um, uh, it's on display, and I'd like to, to talk about your pieces, but prior to that, um, a, a question I ask guests is, were you an artist when you were born? Uh, I Yeah, I mean, I think I was, but I don't know that I would put that the label on it. Um, I liked to make things for as long as I can remember. I was, as a kid, I was always coloring and drawing, um, but in a way, I kind of feel like everyone is is that kind of like creative um artist as a kid i think that everybody's is kind of involved in that in some way um prior to coming to washington and to getting my mfa i taught um, elementary school art for a year and um, i taught um, kindergarten through second grade and it was super exciting to see just how excited and just um, amazed the kids were with with using art supplies and making things and it was almost like what they what they did or what they drew or made out of clay became real to them and I just thought that was so exciting that we don't really see that a whole lot as we get older um, in terms of people really embracing their creativity and and what they can make and um, you know so it just got me thinking about that that I feel super lucky that I was able to kind of hold on to that as I got older and to really embrace that. Um, but yeah, in a way, I think that we're all kind of drawn to to make things in some way or another. Yeah, I, it's it's emerges a, a a big theme as I've talked to creators um, during the show. Just the sense of what children you know want to do are capable of doing are capable of expressing and how that's either uh amplified or stunted existent or non-existent and then kind of a relationship that you have as you know as 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 you get older and you were right there within it you know around kids and doing that Mm -hmm. teaching and i've just been sensitive to that area of the potential of kids and what do you think that we do? Like, what did you see that we do where we could cultivate that more, whether it's in the schools or whatever, but like, how do we do that? Cause it, there's not enough and you and I know right. it. Yeah. I think that, I mean, so much in our school system is based on standardization and, um, you know, creating things that are are measurable in terms of goals for students. And in order to do that, you have to have, you know, things have to be kind of like cut and dry and there's not much room for asking questions and taking risks and exploring the world. And I, I think that if we're going to cultivate that in kids, we need to start um, taking away that 
this is right and this is wrong. You know, this is the correct answer. Um, you know, being able to just to ask questions and to not know the answer um, and to feel okay about that. And yeah, I think that that's kind of where it starts. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that even after out of school, you know, a lot of, even a lot of uh, jobs, you kind of get in your role and you, you, you do what you're supposed to do and there's not a whole lot of room to explore beyond that. Um, you know, we kind of live in this very rigid structure or a lot of people do, I think. Um, where you, you know, you go to school, you get your degree, you get a job and you don't really have the freedom to, to think that there's anything other than, than doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that just that asking questions and exploring and at a young age is something that should be encouraged more in the school systems for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask, uh, to, to dig right in about, you know, your, you, you, you creating your work. I've, I've heard, um, you describe, uh, your, your process and you, you teach as well. I was wondering if you could talk about, um, the, the work that you have on exhibit and Walla Walla, just as far as, um, how you, I see, you know, mixed media, a collage, but can you, can you kind of bring in the listeners to what that looks like, what it is, how you make it? Sure. Yeah. So that work, um, currently I have, uh, six mixed media paintings on display and they are, they're pretty large. They're seven feet by eight feet. Um, so when you walk up to them, they're, you kind of feel like it's, at least what I was hoping to create was this immersive experience where um, it doesn't necessarily feel like a painting on a wall as much as a window into a different kind of space. Um, and so I work with mixed media, uh, mostly paint and collage. So I use um, anything from spray paint, airbrush, acrylic, um, mostly oil paint and collaging digital prints into that. So I, um, I embed the collage material and I layer that up with the other painted and drawing materials so that there becomes this um, kind of a, a confusion between what what material, like I try to um, integrate them so much that it sometimes it clearly represents itself as what it is, but other times there's more ambiguity and um, there's it just kind of complicates the, the visual language of the work. Um, but these paintings are all based around um, the idea of interiority or looking at interior spaces, like the inner nature of our lives through um, domestic spaces. So each painting is kind of, it's framed around um, a specific kind of space or a room. Um, but I do work with representation and abstraction. So um, I see my work as bridging between a lot of different things that um, there are some aspects of it that help to orient you and to provide some kind of um, understanding of the space. But then it, it some areas just kind of dissolve into this abstract space where um, there becomes more room for interpretation in terms of, um, you know, some of the subject matter that I'm using. Each one works with like different ideas of how we construct our space to connections between um, domestic spaces and natural spaces, you know, so each one I kind of look into these different aspects of our lives and just the complexity of really what it means to be a person in the world. 
Um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's an ongoing body of work. Um, I'm working a little bit more of a, on a smaller scale at the moment. Um, I kind of wanted to take a break from kind of shifting the lens from that large environmental scale to now kind of a um, using a smaller framework to explore similar ideas in different kinds of environments. So that's something that I'm kind of shifting and working through right now. Um, but yeah, that kind of just gives a little bit of a summary of, of what that what I have yeah. here in Walla Walla. Yeah, and I like and thank you for that. I like the 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 thinking about uh, space and interior space and like uh, I see you know aspects of like symbolism or if something's mundane or not mundane and you try to claim that. And uh, I also liked what you had to say about the materiality of the not knowing what it is because philosophers love those questions. Is it like mm -hmm. what is it constructed of? And it's like sometimes I know when I painted. And honestly, there's too many plastics and chemicals that are combining in ways I really don't know that something else is formed <laughs> where yeah. you don't know what it is, right? right. Um, that's a that's kind of a cool spot. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, and we're talking with Emily Samoski, uh, artist. Emily, uh, big question. I wanted to do one uh, up front a bit here. Uh, what is art? Hmm. I think that it's something that it's, you know, it's hard to define beyond just being some form of um, visual expression or visual communication. But um, I think that it's, you know, it's, it's up to the individual to determine, you know, what it is that they're making and if they consider it art or if what they're looking at. Um, I see art as um, I guess more broadly as a way for us to kind of get out of that routine, the the mundane or the, the repetitive nature of the world that we live in. You know, I think that whether through making or through looking at art, it can help us to just something that maybe invokes a sense of wonder or questioning or um, causes you to take a step back and just reflect and think. So, yeah, I mean, I see it as, as serving a purpose um, beyond just expressing, you know, how you feel or how you engage or process the world. But, um, yeah, I think it can just offer us a way to um, kind of break out of some of the, the repetitive nature of our lives. Yeah. I wanted to, to ask a, a question that's particular to you, having... Um, I've lived in different areas of the country. I'm familiar with uh, the Midwest and not as much with Ohio, which is sometimes called the Midwest, but um, you, some of your experience there as far as what you're around, as far as art and what you see and coming to an, a, a place when I moved out here seemed very different as far as aesthetics and how things looked and art looked. Could you give some of your impressions as far as moving from the area to where you are now and just how you see the art that's around you or the art world in that way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting question because when I, when I moved here just a year, just about a year ago, it was, um, you know, we're, we've been in the pandemic ever since I moved out here. So I don't feel like I have a full picture yet of what it feels like to live in, in Washington state or in Walla Walla. Um, but it, it, it is interesting though, just having a change of landscape. 
um, because living in, in Northeast Ohio, um, it's very flat. You know, there's, there's not a whole lot of variety in terms of landscape. Um, in terms of art, I actually feel pretty lucky that there, there was a, a pretty exciting um, art worlds in, in Cleveland and in Akron, which is closer to where I lived. Um, so there were a lot of opportunities to see art and to be inspired and to, um, you know, to, to keep wanting to, to pursue this as something that I saw in the world. Um, but yeah, and again, because of the pandemic, it's hard to really say what that's like here because we've just started to have uh, art openings again and to, and to start to see things in person. Um, but I am excited once we can start to travel a little bit more to be able to, you know, being in driving distance from, you know, Seattle and Portland and to be able to go and see galleries and museums again. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that it's whenever, whenever you have some kind of life change or a shift in location um, in your environment, for me at least, you know, the few times that I've switched studios or apartments, I feel like there is some kind of shift that happens in my work. Um, and I do feel that that's happening right now. This past year I've been working on, um, uh, I mentioned kind of shifting the lens of my work a little bit. And I, yeah, I see yeah. that as reflecting where I'm living, but also the times that we're living in right now too. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to see where that goes once I get that flushed out a little bit more. Yeah. And I, I like that. And, talk, and, you know, I mean, it's a shift, but I've talked to a lot of artists about shift of the conditions that you're in. Do you mm -hmm. have access to the studio or can you perform live, you know, a live performers? You can't like couldn't really perform at all uh, in right. a lot of circumstances. So yeah, significant impacts is kind of what you do and, and how you do it um, during the course of, of, of the, the pandemic which, mm -hmm. uh, you know, podcasts stretched over and, uh, but it sounds like right now, like an exciting, like step, kind of like step into seeing like, okay, what is going on in this new environment that I'm in? That's kind of strange and new, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, I got an, another bigger question for you. Um, what or who made you who you are? Um, so I think out of, Going back to growing up, I, I really do think that um, a lot of the decisions that I made that informed who I am came from um, my family and, and the environment that I grew up in. I think that that had a lot to do with why I chose to pursue art. Um, so I one thing I think that's a little bit different um, in terms of how I grew up is that I'm a triplet and I having having siblings my age that I was in the same classes with, we played the same sports, we were, we did the same activities. So we were constantly together. And um, I think when you're in that like close proximity, um, it's hard not to compare yourself to each other. And um, I found something that I, I felt like I didn't have to really compare myself, something that was really unique to me and something I was interested in, which was making art. Um, and it's interesting because recently I was, I was reading this book called, uh, it was called Born to Rebel by uh, Frank Sullaway, I think. Um, and in that book, he really talks about birth order and family dynamics and determining um, 
you know, how, how we perceive the world or, or how our personalities are shaped. And um, basically he was saying it kind of goes back to um, evolution in a way that um, you have to kind of compete for resources. And in this situation or in families, it's, it's um, attention in a way. So you kind of have to find your own niche or something that um, is unique to, to you. And so I think that that has a lot to do with why we all found our own interests apart from each other. And so now as adults, we are, I think we're, we're very different from each other. We have very like separate interests. And so I think that like, that's, that's a really big thing, but also apart from that, I'm, I'm really lucky to have a partner who is also an artist and has supported me in making. And um, we've been together for 10 and a half years, I think. So ever since I was um, my first or second year in college. And um, I do kind of wonder if I wouldn't have had that, like such a supportive partner, if um, I think I still would have would have made art, but um, it's definitely shaped the way that I do it. And to have someone that we also actually went to grad school together. Um, we had studios next to each other. And so to have that kind of connection and support and dialogue constantly is, is something that has, has really shaped, you know, the way that I make and just who I am. Um, yeah, but I yeah, think, I mean, I think that there's a lot of factors, mostly the environments and the people that I've been around. Yeah. One, one of the things, and sorry to, to, to interrupt, but one of the, one of the things, um, I think for me, I, you know, I'm a big, I'm into literature and kind of like romantic stories and high ideals. And I think there's something that's so enticing about relationship and created to art and support and getting through creating, which can be very bumpy and can change people completely. And yet to have that connection, I always think is not a romantic ideal to say, like, sometimes we use that to say it's not achievable. I mean it like in the true sense of like a romantic ideal that's, Mm -hmm. kind of cool i always like hearing about that and like yeah. reading those stories because there's a lot of power in them it seems to me yeah for sure one of the things i wanted to and and one of the things too is that i've i've i experienced that too and it makes a different in a difference in what i create and how my mind even works i got a question that i've started asking um that i think uh interests me uh, a lot as far as uh, an artist and what you create and what other people think about it. So the question is this, is what, what do you think your art is? And what do other people think your art is? Well, I think as an artist, you have to be, you have to be okay with, um, or just know that when you put something out into the world that there's not gonna be a universal interpretation or understanding of it. And I, I try to embrace that as much as possible. And that's part of why I do include some ambiguity and, and room for interpretation in my work is that um, I see it as, as being pretty open in terms of, um, I pull from, from my experiences and my backgrounds growing up in Northeast Ohio and the kinds of spaces that I've interacted with or, you know, just very personal things. But I hope that um, it opens up so that others, no matter where they come from, what their background is, that it, it 
offers maybe a different perspective or something that they can connect to or relate to. Um, I did just have the work, the show that I have in Walla Walla at, at uh, Foundry Vineyards, we had a, there was an opening uh, last week. And so it was the first time that I was able to actually talk about my work in person with people because, um, or oh, wow. at, at least this body of work. And that was really exciting because I finally got to, to hear what people thought about it. And, yeah. you know, I've had thoughts about it and I've, um, you know, I've, I've put it out there. And so it's great to be able to finally talk with people. And there was uh, one person, this really stuck with me after the event, but there was one person that was asking about um, one of the paintings that I, that I have on display called um, Incandescent. And he was asking me about it because he said he had a, a really emotional response to it. Like it, it just, there was a certain pattern. Like I, I use pattern a lot in my work and there was one that um, these, the patterns that I use come from all different things like this. I actually had taken a picture of like a shirt that I have because I really like the colors and the, the checkered pattern on it. And I use that in the, so it's kind of has like a plaid, a plaid, uh, pattern to it. And it, it reminded him of, um, it just, it said it, he, he said it made him just feel really sad because it reminded him of a friend or somebody that, you know, used to wear, um, clothes like that or, or something very specific. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was that pattern that he said just really, it made him feel like very nostalgic. Um, and so I thought that was so interesting because, um, using things from the world, like that's also why I use collage elements is using things that people may have some kind of association with, um, can also bring another level into it, pulling something from the world and putting it into, um, into a painting. I think that that just, it, it offers something different than just, um, everything being made from pigment. Like there's, there's an emotional attachment or a connection to these things that, um, it's, it's pretty far reaching and you never know who's going to see something and it's going to re- remind them of something or, um, yeah, but that's what I, I hope for with my work is that it offers something different to everyone that, you know, there's something to connect with or to, to understand, um, in a way that's, that's not universal. And from what I've heard talking with people, you know, at the opening, it sounds like, um, it sounds like that comes across. You know, I had people point out to me things that I hadn't noticed before or that things that jumped out to them. The work is so, uh, it's so large, but because of that, I've, I've been able to fit a lot into each painting. And so there's these little moments that collectively make up the whole painting and um, certain things that I think are maybe the focal point or the most important thing that um, I was talking with you know, some other people that said that they just couldn't look away from a certain element. And to me, that was something that had kind of faded into the background. And so, yeah, I think that was really cool just to hear that, um, you know, what I was hoping for is coming through, that people are getting different things from the work that, you know, it's, it's, it's very open, but yet kind of guided to at the same time. Yeah, and have the opportunity finally to hear, <laughs> to not be in the echo chamber of your own thoughts about sure. <laughs> what it is. Uh, um, Emily, I wanted to go back uh, just to to provide for you on the on the question of who or what made you who you are. I know you had started off about it with, um, you know, uh, that your triplet, which is obviously you know 
a unique experience. And, and then you were talking about um, kind of like the order and how that works. Um, but I didn't know if you wanted to, 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 to get into more. Uh, I felt I might have cut you off from saying like as far as who or what made you who you are, um, you know, beyond that. I wanted to give you a little more space to talk about that. Oh, thanks. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that just um, like growing up in that kind of environment, it it allowed me to, I guess it made me think really like, who am I as an individual and not as this like collective um, unit is kind of how I thought for a while was just that we were, I thought we were looked at as the triplets as a unit quite a bit. Um, but yeah, as I started to get older, like in high school is when I really started to think maybe for the, maybe like, I don't know, for the first time, like really thinking about, but what am, what am I actually interested in? What or who am, you know, am I and, and giving myself that um, time and reflection to really think about that. So that's when I started to, to really pursue art as something more serious, um, taking art classes in high school and then pursuing art in college. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's it's good to be surrounded by differences too. Like if if me and my siblings were all interested in art, I probably, maybe I would have found something else. Like I think that differences are, are good. And that's also something I, I try to embrace in my work. We using so many different materials. Like I think that differences can really play off of each other um, and to really strengthen the collective. So I don't know. I maybe that sounds corny, but I think about that oh, a lot. Like how, the strength through differences, or or things that are opposing, or maybe create tension. I don't. I, I don't think it's corny at all. I think it's. I think there's some absolute truth towards like ambiguity, uh, tension, uh, borders. What is it? And, and those dynamics. Those are creative dynamics. I think mm -hmm. that. They kind of move thinking or propel thinking, you know, so I, I, I believe that. So I don't think it's corny. I think there's like and I think artists are sensitive to that, too, as far yeah. as like that vibrancy <laughs> of that material. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, OK. Uh, the biggest question is why is there something rather than nothing? Oh, boy. Well, so I think, you know looking if we're looking like universally like on a on a broad scale why is there something i don't know that i can even begin or any of us can even begin to to answer that question of why but the fact is that that there is something and um what i find interesting about that question and just about this is that like going back to the things that i was talking about with my work is just like how there is something or how we all experience different some things in a way, like there is no universal um, experience or world or, or, you know, like we, we all process and perceive and experience the same world, but differently. And I find that to be so like almost unfathomable to think about just all of these different, almost like smaller worlds inside of worlds and, you know, we all have our, our own, um, you know, priorities and things that we think are really important and, and memories and, and hopes for the future. And just, you know, it, we're so complex as individuals. And then when you think about that, like, 
you know, how we all are experiencing this world in our own unique way. I just, I find it really exciting and crazy. And just, that's something that inspires me when I create. And um, I think it can also like offer or maybe encourage empathy too, that like just understanding that and knowing that we are all um, experiencing our own version of, of, you know, the world that we live in. Um, and to just be understanding of that and appreciate and embrace those differences. Yeah, that, I think that's that that's, you know, a lot of the tension of like going through a pandemic and having, you know, millions and billions of different pandemics because everybody's pandemic is different, though, of the same pandemic world. And I think it's a really difficult, um, fascinating uh, question to which uh don't know how to answer, but um, uh, Emily, uh, I want to uh, tell us, um, tell us, tell the listeners how to see your stuff. Um, I'm glad uh, I'm up in the Pacific Northwest uh, myself. Glad that your show is uh, in the region. Could you talk about your show? Talk about where people find your images, how they interact with you to whatever you want. Sure. Yeah. So I, um, most of my work, is I, I'm terrible at updating my website, um, but a lot of my work is on my website at emilysamoski.com. Um, also on Instagram, I have more of like my current work and in progress studio images and stuff like that. Um, in terms of seeing the work in person, I have my exhibition up at Foundry Vineyards in Walla Walla um, through September. I also have a few other opportunities um, kind of spread throughout the country right now. Um, in July, uh, I will have an exhibition up in the Fisher Wall Art Gallery at the Marathon Center for Performing Arts in uh, Finley, Ohio, and that will be up through August 12th. Um, I have some work in uh, a group show in Des Moines, Iowa at Olson Larson Gallery also in July. So there's a few opportunities to see some things um, in person kind of spread throughout, but more information can be found on my website and on my Instagram. That's great. And congratulations. It's great to have, I, I mean, I, <laughs> it's, it's cool. The places where things are popping up in, uh, in, in Des Moines in in the Pacific Northwest and out in Ohio, yeah. it's great to hear. And I do know of, uh, Ohio's kind of maybe not as well known, but kind of storied art history and pop art history out of Cleveland, out of mm -hmm. uh, a lot of other places that that people didn't expect it. Columbus and culturally, um, a lot of cool stuff does come sure. out of Ohio, right, Emily? It and does. So I think it's, unex it's unexpected <laughs> to some people that yeah, there actually is quite a bit. There's a thriving art community in Ohio. Yeah. And well, and thanks and you as well. And, and, and thank you, um, uh, for visiting Emily. It's been really, um, really a pleasure to chat with you and to, to think about, you know, like, uh, you know, like location and composition and all these different things we've been, uh, talking about. Um, I look forward to, uh, sometime, hopefully soon seeing, uh, the work, uh, your works, uh, in person. Um, and just wanted to thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Really enjoyed talking with you. Great. Thanks for your time, Emily. This is Something Rather Than Nothing, 